G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might recall recently we were talking about a 100-year prayer meeting, a prayer meeting that was instigated by Count Zinzendorf hundreds of years ago, but it has left a mark historically on the Christian church. Well, just recently, we had a visit in Australia from Dr. Jason Hubbard, the founder and leader of the Light of the World Prayer Center in Bellingham, Washington State in the USA. Well, a bit of an update today on the response of Australians to the visit of Dr. Hubbard, whose own prayer focus in his home state is catching on around the world. And what sort of a difference does it make to hear this sort of inspiration here on our shores in Australia? Well, to talk about what's happened with the visit of Dr. Jason Hubbard, Warwick Marsh is joining us. He's part of the team behind the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Hello, Warwick. Welcome back to 2020. It's always great to talk to you, Neil. Warwick, let's just recap Dr. Jason Hubbard because he's a bit of a special character. Came to Australia at your invitation, is the leader of the Light of the World Prayer Centre, in Washington State in the USA, and he brought a pretty focused, specific message to Australians, didn't he? Yes, uh, Neil. Um, he's a beautiful man, and you've had him on the radio, and I'm sure some of the listeners would remember that interview you had with him. Uh, a, a, just a delightful guy, um, loves Jesus, uh, Forty, I think 46, 47 years of age, beautiful wife, three children, very committed to his uh, family, and he's deeply committed to being a good husband and being a good father, which, of course, running dads for kids, as I do, I'm sort of, I, that, that rings a lot of bell, good bells for me. But he's got his doctorate in theology. He's a Presbyterian minister, so he's, he's certainly uh, done his hard yards when it comes to the Greek and the Hebrew. Um, he's done a lot of research. Uh, but the beauty of Jason, uh, Neil, was uh, he just loves Jesus. And it comes across, I'm sure it came across in the interview on air that you did with him, but he really loves Jesus. He wants to glorify Jesus. He wants people to fall in love with Jesus. And he really is encouraging people to pray. And, of course, you put that package together, and it's a beautiful, beautiful package. When a man loves Jesus, he's a real deal, and he's got uh, a good scriptural foundation, and he's bringing a message of hope and inspiration. And, you know, he's got runs on the board. He's seen transformation occur in his hometown in Bellingham, uh, just above Seattle in, in the uh, Washington State, northwest USA. Um, amazing things have happened there and he was able to really encourage Australian prayer warriors and people all over Australia responded and just loved it. I think the thing that uh, listeners will remember from our conversations with him on 2020 uh, was that he was in the same vein as Count von Zinzendorf of the Moravians who triggered the 100 plus years prayer meeting, uh, which was just an incredible historical Christian uh, phenomenon. And he is actually encouraging this style of prayer around the world. 
Well, he is, uh, Neil. And yes, you're right. He, he's very, very much inspired by Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians, who actually their prayer meeting went 120 years, to be precise, Neil. Um, I thought it went for 100 years too, but um, Jason brought it, you know, corrected me. So 120 years. And but the beauty of the Moravians, which is in this little town of Hernhut in Germany, uh, that prayer meeting that went for 120 years changed the face of church history. And so this round-the-clock prayer meeting, they, they, they operated in shifts around the clock. Um, they started off with um, uh, 24 um, men, 24 women, and they, they, it grew, obviously, as, as, the, as, the, um, as their uh, communities grew right across Europe in, in the 1700s. And they had this amazing uh, outpouring of the Spirit in 1727. And from that little community in Hernhut, they sent missionaries out. So this wasn't just prayer. It was prayer and action, which I really love. I believe that, you know, we've got to be able to become the answer to our prayers, Neil. And so that community in Hernhut, Germany, uh, uh, in what was then called Bavaria, uh, sent missionaries to the West Indies. They sold themselves into slave, slavery to become uh, witnesses to the slave people. And the whole island was changed. Um, Trinidad was changed and the Caribbean was changed because of their ministry. Um, again, in, in, uh, they sent missionaries to Greenland, they sent um, Moravian missionaries to the Red Indians in, in, in America, they sent missionaries to South Africa, they sent missionaries to Ghana, they sent missionaries to uh, right through Europe into Russia, they sent missionaries into Mongolia, would you believe, Neil, and even India. So uh, Arabia, they went everywhere in the known world in those days, and it was all, all, all burst out of prayer, and it's an amazing impact, Neil, amazing impact. So you've got a 120-year prayer meeting. You've got hundreds of missionaries sent out around the world. And we've got something of a revival of this style of prayer that's coming out of Washington State in the USA. We've had this man come to Australia. The $64,000 question, Warwick, is... How did Aussies respond to this style of call uh, for this ongoing round-the-clock prayer? Well, two things before I answer that question, um, and, and the listeners might be interested to get hold of uh, a book we just released on the tour called Count Zizendorf and the Spirit of the Moravians. It's the very first book that Australian Heart Ministries, which is our core ministry, has published. Australian Heart Ministry underwrites the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and uh, under, underwrote the tour along with um, Sue Tinworth. So that book is now available and uh, it'll be $20 in Kurong and we still have copies available $15 each. <laughs> We're almost sold out, which is great news. So yes, the, the, the book itself, just, just the fact that we've almost sold out of um, 200 copies of that book in, in a matter of two weeks, Neil, shows me that there was a great interest in the 24-7. Um, Again, before I fully answer that question, I must point out that 24-7 is not necessarily new in church history because the early, some of the early um, uh, Christians in the 3rd and 4th century practiced it. The, the, the Desert Fathers practiced 24-7 prayer. Uh, the Celtic uh, people at Bangor in Ireland um, for 100 years, I think they had a prayer meeting that went for yeah, almost, I think it was 50 to 100 years, the prayer meeting went there, 24-7 prayer, and they really revolutionized and uh, evangelized uh, the UK from that position uh, and of course today we've got in um, you know Kansas City there's the International House of Prayer IHOP and uh, I just finished reading um, 
Red Moon Rising by Pete Grieg, and, and he started in 1999 with 24-7 Press. So it's not new. Uh, yes, there was a great response, certainly great interest, interest um, and the idea of churches doing relays, which is, I think is the, is the new sort of concept that um, our dear brother Jason's bringing, because that's what he does in Bellingham. Uh, his prayer centre does not go 24-7. It only does about 80 hours a week, which is still amazing in itself, out of 168 hours in a given week. But the churches in Bellingham do 24-7 now, which is extraordinary. And I think there's many churches, many parts of Australia, particularly probably Tasmania, and I think in Perth, uh, I think too in Adelaide, um, and other places where I think that, that there will be a prayer relay in 2017 during the 40 days, so 24-7. So, look, it's early days yet. I don't want to overstate the, the, the response, but certainly it was very, very good. Uh, Warwick Marsh, stay with us. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, Warwick, part of the team behind the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and also behind the visit just recently by Dr Jason Hubbard, the founder and leader of the Light of the World Prayer Centre in Bellingham, Washington State in the USA. We're talking about prayer and we'll want to talk about the National Day of Prayer and Fasting that's coming up uh, in February next year. Uh, Stay with us. We're back with more shortly. We're taking a little time to talk about prayer. In Australia, we've just had the privilege of having a visit by Dr. Jason Hubbard, who ministered in all of the capital cities around every state in Australia. Now, he is the founder of what is known as the Light of the World Prayer Center in Washington State in the USA. And talking about prayer in an ongoing way, uh, modeled on the idea of the Zinzendorf 120-year prayer meeting that was held in Germany back in the 1700s. Warwick Marsh is our guest. Warwick is part of the team behind the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. Uh, Warwick, when we talk about the National Day of Prayer and fasting, does this visit, does this concept of a 100-year or 120-year prayer meeting, does it mean anything for people who'll be getting on their knees for the National Day of Prayer and Fasting coming up in February? Look, it does, Neil, because I believe we can draw inspiration from the past. We can't live in the past, but we can draw inspiration. And God commands us to pray. And, and Paul says, pray continually. And Jesus himself said in, in Luke 18, will not God grant justice to the elect who cry before him night and day? So even in the New Testament, there's, there's a parallel, there's a, there's a case for 24-7 prayer. And of course, right up to the book of Acts, we know that as uh, they, the disciples were commanded to wait in Jerusalem, uh, that, that, that Jesus would would give the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power from on high, that they waited, and it says they gave themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves, and the Greek word is um, proskinio, which means to uh, devote yourself to in a very diligent manner, and it would appear, the inference is, that they gave themselves to prayer night and day. So it does. it is exciting that we can uh, be inspired by our Moravian brothers. The beauty of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting is it is six hours. We're asking people to pray for six hours. And the beauty of six hours is that it means that six church worship teams can get involved, six churches or three churches. They could do um, two-hour blocks each church. Um, and so, yes, there's, a, there's already inbuilt into the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which will, will be held on a Saturday this uh, coming year on the 25th of um, February, Saturday the 25th of February, Neil. 
Uh, and yes, there's an inbuilt into the day this sense that we are not just praying for one hour or two hours, we're actually praying when we need a number of churches to work in a relay. And the 40 days will do the same, but perhaps you can ask another question about that. We will ask about that in just a few moments. I wanted to check with you because it's one thing for people to be on their knees in prayer. It's another thing altogether that churches get together in a united way. Relationship is formed. There's something special about the unity of believers. What are your thoughts about churches unifying together for a prayer focus? Well, look... I honestly think that unity is the one prayer that Jesus prayed that has not been answered as much as we would like. I think all of us would agree. I think there's 33,000 denominations in the world today, Neil, 33,000 according to Christian World Book Encyclopedia. Now, I think that's there's a lot too many there, I'm sure. Um, yes, we've got to uh, come to pure doctrine, and yes, we've got to hold to pure doctrine, and many of those... Um, churches, uh, there's been changes and there's di- many different churches that have, that have um, come about because of the need to, f- to try to find uh, a biblical understanding. But I'm sure 33,000 is way too many. So there's, there's a desperate need for unity, I believe, in, in the chur- amongst the churches, amongst Christians. And yes, we have different emphasis and we have different, slightly different sort of understandings of the Scriptures. But as long as we love Jesus, as long as we believe the Scriptures as the foundational uh, key for our faith, and as long as we love Jesus and believe in Jesus as the uh, our salvation, surely we can agree. And that agreement is the place of power. Psalm 133 says, where brethren dwell together in unity, there the Lord commands blessing, even life forevermore. So life comes together as we pray, and life comes together as we join together in unity. So this coming year, 2017, we've got the National Day of Prayer and Fasting with six hours of prayer, and we've got then followed not by 40 days of prayer and fasting, but but by 40-day prayer and worship relay, where we're asking churches to get together uh, over 40 days. You might have 20 churches that do it twice. You might have 10 churches that do it four times over a period of 40 days, or you might have 40 churches that do it once for 24 hours. And they can do the 24 hours uh, as a relay uh, individuals in their own homes where they just go from, um, you know, person A to person B, uh, person C at, at 9 o'clock, person D at, uh, you know, 10, 10 p.m. and goes right through the 24-hour cycle or they could gather in the actual church building. We leave that decision up to them and they can do it in their own way too. Some churches would prefer to have liturgy and, and have a prayer book perhaps with the Anglican Church or they might want to celebrate Mass in the, in the Catholic Church or, you know, if they're Pentecostals, they might want to swing from the chandeliers. Um, it's up to the people how they want to observe the prayer. Um, you know, the, the Baptists might want to just read the Scriptures. I mean, thank God for, for all the expressions of the body of Christ. The Salvation Army will get their, um, you know, get their um, brass instruments out, and I'm sure there'll be a, a beautiful sound to God. So ultimately, it's about us producing something to God, showing our love to God in our own unique way, and that unity is very, very powerful, Neil. What do you think? I think the unity is absolutely, uh, you cannot do without it. And uh, what does stand out to me, Warwick, is the idea that 
that this is going to need some planning because you can't just click your fingers and it happens on the day. And I imagine that uh, some resources are going to be necessary uh, in people's hands, in the hands of local church leaders, so that they can actually capture something of the vision for what it is to unify together in prayer. You've got a DVD. It's a Unity DVD. And there's a number of resources that are useful for people if they're planning to be a part of this whole prayer program. Yes, look, uh, thanks for asking that question, Neil. Um, yes, we've got a Unity DVD. It's $15 each. We've also got this book, Councils and Dolphin, the Spirit of the Moravians, It's $15 and, uh, you know, $5 postage for both um, and and uh, $5 postage for one. So, you know, make hay while the sun shines and take advantage of that offer. And you can go to nationaldayofprayer.com uh, and contact... Uh, myself and put an order through to Warwick Marsh. You'll find the address there for the office in Wollongong. Um, yeah, and there's other resources there, and you can also uh, register for the National Day, and we want to resource you to help you draw people together. Yes, it's a bit of a job. It does require planning, Neil, very good point. And yes, the 40 days in particular with the relay will require that extra bit of effort. But we, we, we have a long-range plan. We don't. We, Rome wasn't built in a day, Neil, and we figure that uh, this is a change... Uh, from the 40 days of prayer and fasting to the, the fast is actually a fast of unity. We're asking churches to work together. And, um, you know, we're hoping and believing that God can bring people together and that people feel inspired to draw churches to draw churches together in their area to see a breakthrough, to see souls come to Christ, to see the church grow, their own local church and the local churches in their region, and to see a outpouring of the Spirit right across our nation. Okay, so we're talking the National Day of Prayer and Fasting on Saturday the 25th of February and then the 40-day Prayer and Worship Relay that starts from the 1st of March, goes through the 9th of April 2017. Those resources we were talking about, the Unity Prayer DVDs and you mentioned the Count Zinzendorf and the Spirit of the Moravians book and people can get a hold of those when they go to the website, the National Day of Prayer dot com dot au correct and so uh, great getting this insight today and uh, certainly all the best for how the planning goes and uh, i know that there'll be a lot of people who'll be wanting to link uh, with what you're doing for the national day of prayer and the prayer relay at uh, warwick marsh who's part of the organizing team for this whole project uh, warwick great talking to you thanks for being with us again on 2020 always great all the best neil Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.